gotta play, but you're never gonna beat me Look the other way, what I'm doing ain't easy Bloody hands stain from the people who deceive me Bloody hands break through the chains, go free me Hey everybody, what is going on? This is Cody with Drew Code Sports Talk. Coming at you with a brand new episode. This is actually a two-part episode. I'm doing a solo part one episode. Drew will be doing a solo part two episode, which we'll be releasing a little bit later. But stay tuned, you guys. we got a really good topic for you on this episode. We've got some NBA playoff talk. Uh, also some crazy NFL news. Because again, the NFL offseason can't get any more bananas than it already is. So stay tuned for that. Uh, I'm going to drop this intro real quick. But before I do that... Please go and subscribe, download the podcast, also subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us on social media, and we are also now on TikTok at Drew Code Sports Talk. So with that being said, guys, let's get started. All right, guys, welcome, welcome, welcome. So glad to be with you guys tonight. Uh, I'm recording this on a Thursday night, so if I do talk and it's a little bit outdated, I'm recording on Thursday evening, so any news that happens between now and then I'm not responsible for not covering, so uh, bear with me in the meantime. But anyways, guys, like I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, we got some NBA playoff talk to do, also some NFL news with the Debo Samuel uh, news that dropped earlier this week that we need to definitely discuss, but uh, you know, again, just as a reminder, this is a part one of part two that will be released uh, in this episode series. So we are just doing this because it's just easier to push out more content for you guys. Uh, Drew and I will be back next week together doing one episode. But for now, this week, there's so much to cover. We got to break it into two. So uh, I can't not I cannot wait to go over this one and I cannot wait for his episode. So again, with all that excitement, please don't forget to follow us on social media at Drew Code Sports Talk. So I'm just going to start right now with the uh, NBA playoffs. Um, if anyone has been watching, it has been absolutely crazy. Uh, a lot of interesting storylines and a lot of interesting uh, series going on. Uh, I mean, you got the Memphis and Minnesota series that actually is getting looks a little closer than it should be. Uh, but uh, Memphis is up now two games to one. They had a uh, game tonight that uh, they came back. Uh, I think they were down at one point by 26, if I'm not mistaken, and they won. Uh, currently, right now, the Warriors are playing the uh, Nuggets, who are up two games to nothing. And then you have the Bulls that tied the series last night, along with uh, Phoenix lost their game last night. So the series is tied. Or actually, no, excuse me, Monday night. So the series is tied with them. Uh, a lot has happened. And the one game that I really want to talk about the most is probably Brooklyn and Boston, which is probably the most interesting series so far. Um, you know, the Celtics are a number two seed and the Nets probably the most high powered number seven seed that we've had in recent memory. Um, it's a tale of two different stories, to put it lightly. Um, I've been talking to Drew about this on Marco Polo all week, especially with the games that have been playing. Uh, their first game, I believe, was on Sunday. It was a nail biter. Came down, obviously, to the last second bucket that Tatum put in, uh, which obviously got them the win. And the series, it looked like it was pretty close. Kyrie Irving, of course, did Kyrie Irving things. He had 39 points. Uh, KD had 23. And it was a very close game all the way up until the end, until Jason Tatum had that last second bucket. But 
my concern was actually with game two. And this is where I say it's a tale of two different teams because Boston, who a majority of that team has been together for the better part of four to five seasons now. Uh, Marcus Smart's been there for quite a long time. Uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have been together for the last four seasons now. Uh, Horford, I believe, is on his uh, second season with them. Um, You can just tell that this team is just well-run, well-coached. Uh, and just firing on all cylinders. Defense is first, of course, but uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are scorers, and they put up buckets. This is actually a really good three-point shooting team. And then you got the Brooklyn Nets, who at one point had uh, Kyrie Irving, uh, Kevin Durant, and James Harden. And as we all know, Harden was traded to the, uh, to the Sixers for Ben Simmons and uh, Seth Curry and, I believe, Andre Drummond. And we've yet to see Simmons, but um, we still have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Uh, Kyrie Irving, for those that don't know, missed majority of the season because he's unvaccinated. And obviously, New York has a vaccination requirement for sports athletes, but they lifted that shortly. So he's been playing a little bit more. Uh, But in game two, man, he was just nowhere to be found. Uh, Kyrie Irving only scored 10 points, had one assist. Uh, I think the only shining thing about that is he had eight rebounds. He almost had a double-double, but Kevin Durant was shouldering the load. He had to score 27 points. Went 0 for 10, though, from the field in the second half. The majority of his points in the second half were all free throws. Um, And the stat, though, that really stuck out to me in this series, especially in Game 2, was Brooklyn net 16 assists in that entire game to Boston's 27. Boston almost had double the amount of assists that Brooklyn had. And as I mentioned, I think it's a tale of two different teams. Um, Like I said, Boston's been playing a lot of years together. Brooklyn, yes, they've been together, or at least Kyrie and Katie have been together for three seasons. The last two have been more consistent because Katie, of course, in the first season with Brooklyn, he didn't play because he was coming back from Achilles injury. And uh, obviously last season, he nearly took them to the NBA finals by himself, beating almost beating Milwaukee, who were the eventual champions, but uh, didn't do it. And now this season, there's such high expectations for Brooklyn and and the Nets that it's kind of crazy that they ended up in the seventh seed. In fact, they had to play into the uh, play in tournament, which they did win handily, but still they got in that position. Um, And they just don't look well coached. They don't look like they're listening to the coach. They don't look like a team. Uh, In game two, it was a lot of iso ball between Durant and and Irving. There's no rotation. With Boston's offensive setting, though, it's ball movement. It's running out the shot clock. And it's getting a a good look at the basket. And then playing hard defense. And there was none of that from Brooklyn. Um, So that then poses the question, are the Nets going to get swept? which is very scary for me to ask because uh, I think it was last week I put Drew on the spot. We didn't prep for that question when I posed it, but I asked who we had between Boston and the Nets, and he said Boston. I think he said in seven games. And I said, well, the Nets in seven for me because, again, you have Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Uh, And also, too, a lot of factors. Boston doesn't have Robert Williams, who's their anchor in the defense. But, again, they they have a lot of great team chemistry and team defense that that's being on display currently but uh 
you know, anyways, the big question then became now with the Nets down uh, 0-2, going back to Brooklyn, though, is will they get swept? And I got to be honest, I'm starting to think they could. And the reason why is because Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving were bullied. <laughs> they did not like the physical play. The refs did let them play a little bit uh, tougher basketball. I don't think that they're going to call it tighter in Brooklyn, though. I do think that this will continue to be a physical series. I think Kevin Durant will bounce back quickly. Uh, Kyrie Irving, he may, he may not. It just depends. Kyrie Irving's performances are electrifying, but there's lots of times where he, at times, is nowhere to be found um, offensively. And credit the you know, Boston Celtics defense for how they how they handle him, for how they um, defend him, especially Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant probably dribbled into a, several different traps in the second half, which led to a bunch of turnovers. And I got to say, man, I, I'm not I'm not hoping that the Nets get swept because I have I predict them winning in seven games. And it, there's still a chance. Again, they go back to Brooklyn. They bring it back to a 2-2 series. And then it's now first win, first team to win two more games. However, home court advantage does belong to Boston. So that's against the Nets. But, you know, that's a realistic possibility. I don't think the Nets will get swept. I think they will win. They nearly won on the first game uh, on Sunday. But I just think like the way that they lost on Sunday or excuse me, uh, on uh, Wednesday uh, is a huge like blow to the ego, blow to the confidence, just because the way that they lost, it was tough defense, team oriented offensive play that Brooklyn had no answer for, which they've never had defense to begin with. So what makes us think that was going to change? I know that they're hoping for Ben Simmons to come back at some point in the series, but you know, who knows when he's going to come back, if he will come back at all uh, this season or this uh, this postseason especially. But we'll definitely see, definitely an interesting storyline. But, you know, I think that's what kind of the question we need to ask ourselves is will the Nets get swept? I don't think they will, but the way that Boston's been playing, man, it looks, it looks crazy, crazy, crazy difficult for them, and it's an uphill battle. So we'll definitely see on that. So... Continuing on with our NBA playoff talk, uh, I'm going to move on to the Suns and the Pelicans, which is another very interesting storyline. So for those that don't know, the Pelicans uh, got in as the eighth seed in the play-in tournament. Uh, I think they start off as the ninth seed. And of course, they beat uh, the Clippers most recently to become the number eight seed to earn the right to play the Suns, uh, the, the one seed in the West, arguably the best team in all of basketball who could potentially win it all. And, uh, you know, I think there's no question that they are the absolute favorites. I mean, yes, you have the you have the Bucks, but, um, you know, Suns are on another level, uh, it seems like. Uh, but we could be on a collision course for a repeat final. So that would be actually really fun. But anyways, back to the series at hand. Um so in game two, the Suns handled business pretty well against the Pelicans, uh, 110 to 99 victory uh, in game one. Game two was a little bit different. Uh, Suns looked like they had a comfortable lead at halftime, but come the second half, uh, Devin Booker, of course, went down with the hamstring strain. He was out for the remainder of the game. And uh, and Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum took over the game. They each nearly had a triple-double between the both of them. Um, I've always been a fan of CJ McCollum's offense. I always loved his game. And the fact that he's paired with uh, Brandon Ingram, former Laker, uh, is just amazing to see. Um, I would have 
I would think that next year, if this team kind of plays the same way and you add Zion Williamson, this could be a very scary team in the West. Um, especially with how well CJ McCollum plays, he can play. He's a natural two guard that doesn't need the ball in his hands to get open. But when he does, he's a spot up shooter, basically wherever Brandon Ingram is long and lengthy and he can shoot from just about anywhere and he can put it on the floor. Um, but I think this Devin Booker injury really changes things, and it makes this inter- it makes the series very interesting because now it's tied one one. Most one uh, one and eighth seed C, uh, series don't normally get this entertaining just because it's normally a it's normally a wax job, you know, so to speak. So, like for example, look back east um, in the Eastern Conference, we have the number one seeded Miami Heat playing against the eighth seeded team, Atlanta Hawks. Miami Heat's handling business. I don't think that there's any question that Miami is going to sweep the Hawks. Trey Lance, or excuse me, not Trey Lance, pardon me, wrong sport. <laughs> uh, Trey Young may get the Hawks one win, but it's highly doubtful just because they're undermanned and Miami is just rolling on all cylinders. But, you know, again, case in point, normally one seed and eighth seed playoff series don't look as good as the Suns and the Pelicans. So now the question we should ask ourselves is, can Chris Paul lead the Suns past the Pelicans, especially with Pelicans? Basically they have their offense intact. Uh, they have some pretty good um, uh, rim different uh, rim defenders and rebounders. Uh, however, the Suns, you know, no short of talent themselves. They have a, you know, runner up to defensive player of the year in bridges also, they got Cam Johnson coming off the bench. Still have Cam, uh, Cameron Payne. Obviously, as I mentioned, uh, CP3, who's probably the best point guard we've seen in our basketball generation, who doesn't have a championship and probably one of the smartest NBA players in the entire league. And you still have DeAndre Ayton, who's on that team, who anchors that defense and you know is a basically a walking double-double when he wants to be. Although he didn't have a very good showing in game two. But I, I do think that Chris Paul can lead the, the Pelicans past uh, can lead, excuse me, the Suns past the Pelicans in this in this series. I actually think that Chris Paul could probably get them all the way to the conference finals before he struggles. Um, you know, not to say that there's no competition in the West. It's just I think Chris Paul, how this how this offense is ran, how it basically is defense first and then run through the offense. And they are a very dynamic scoring team. Uh, Monty Williams has been playing great team basketball. And they've now spent two seasons together with Chris Paul, basically anchoring that offense. I mean, it's it's hard to say, man. The Pelicans would really have to be playing out of their mind to even move on past Chris Paul. I think Chris Paul gets past them, I think, in, in, in five. I, I don't think that the uh, Pelicans will probably get another win. I just think Chris Paul will turn it on he'll be the guy he scored i think 31 points in game one pretty handledly past uh past the pelicans it was just the pelicans offense just finally came alive in game two but i think their defense will come around bridges and mccollum matchup though is really interesting because mccollum got the best of bridges so we'll see if bridges makes makes the adjustments to make you know it harder for mccollum but you know also brandon ingram like if he can continue to stay healthy he's an interesting piece of this as well so we'll see but i think chris paul though can get the suns past the pelicans in this series but it's just a fun one and eighth seed matchup we haven't seen this in a long time so i think that's pretty cool and pretty entertaining uh so continuing on with nba playoff i'm going to the east now 
And I'll be talking about the Bulls and the defending NBA champions, Milwaukee Bucks. Um, this has actually been a very interesting game or series for the most part. Uh, Chicago is known for the team that can't beat a playoff team in the regular season. I think they were 0-27 or something like that or 1-27, some, some odd record with teams that were to be in the playoffs or higher seeding playoff teams than they were. Um, even though they've got Zach Levine, um, they've got DeMar DeRozan, Alex Caruso, former Laker, and whenever they get Lonzo Ball back, uh, Lonzo Ball, who is a dynamic perimeter defender and has been become a really good spot-up three-point shooter, which you can definitely tell the Bulls are missing. And the and the Buck, uh, the um, the Milwaukee Bucks, of course, are the defending NBA champs with you know the Greek Freak, Giannis, uh, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday. Uh, you know, Fresno zone, Brooke Lopez is there as well. And, uh, in uh, game one, you know, Bucking, uh, I want to say the Buccaneers, that's terrible. Uh, in game one, the Milwaukee Bucks handled business and they won, although it was a close game, but, uh, DeMar DeRozan did not shoot very well. I think he had, uh, 18 points, six for 25 from the field. Zach Levine only had 18 points as well. Shot two for 10 from three, which is not good because he's supposed to be like their three-point guy, even though he can put it on the perimeter as well. Um, however, in game two, it really snapped in for them. And uh, DeMar DeRozan just was on fire. 41 points. Uh, Zach Levine came in with a nice 20-piece 20, 20 as well. Uh, his uh, three-ball was shooting. Uh, three-ball was falling for Levine, so that helped out a lot. Caruso's interior defense on uh the bucks was was tremendous uh, he also had 10 assists in that game so that was huge for the bulls to have caruso be a facilitator also leading that defense um you know and that's the kind of ground like grinded out game that the bulls will have to do to beat uh the uh the defending champs and so you know another question is you know, with Middleton now out for the rest of the first round series uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks, now we have got to ask ourselves, do, can the Bulls get past the, the Bucks? You know, can DeMar DeRozan do it? Can Zach Levine do it? And, uh, you know, I want to say yes. I really like the Chicago's team. It's a, you know, there's something about them. They've got this charm. They weren't even supposed to be predicted to get into the playoffs because no, everyone hated on their roster selection with Zach Levine on there them signing DeMar DeRozan, them getting Alex Caruso and Lonzo Ball. A lot of people thought this is super guard heavy. This isn't going to work. But truthfully, it's it's worked a lot better than what most people have said. And I and a lot of that credit goes to DeMar DeRozan with being a perimeter guy, not necessarily a three-pointer, because he doesn't have to shoot threes. He can just get put the ball in the hole, you know, shoot a perimeter shot, you know, mid-range let Zach Levine shoot it from long, or he can put it on the deck and he can take you to the hole as well. And then when Lonzo Ball and Caruso were both healthy on the same on the same court, man, they were a dynamic duo in terms of defense. So um, I don't know though if that's enough with them with the with the Bulls being injury strict and not having Lonzo Ball. I think if Lonzo Ball was on the team, I think that they would have a better shot, and I would actually probably favor them a little bit more because now they've got more not only defensive options but offensive options, but I think with the Bucks, defending champions, they've been here before. They will rally. Giannis is not going to let the Bucks lose in this series. I don't believe, even with Middleton out, you still have Drew Holiday. Um, you know, you're going to probably have to now rely a little bit more on Pat Covington. 
Uh, you're going to probably rely a little bit more on Brooke Lopez, maybe even body, uh, Bobby uh, Portis. You're going to have to rely on him a lot, although his three-point shooting has improved a lot. So he's not as shifty or great with the ball as Middleton, but you know, Giannis is going to have to find a way to you know, collapse the defense, kick it out, get it to the guys at threes. Um, you know, Drew Holiday is probably going to have to be now, obviously, the more primary ball handler and facilitator. So we'll see how this goes. But I don't think the Bucks are getting past. Uh, I mean, excuse me. I don't think the Bulls are getting past the Bucks still, even if Middleton is out. Now, I think it's a little tougher for the Bucks in the next series. But I think with Middleton out, the Bulls will probably push this to six, maybe even to seven. But I still think that the Bucks defending champions, they've got the experience to be here. They'll probably be the ones that outlast this and move on to the next round. So although, again, very interesting how things are transpiring. A lot of people, a lot of NBA circles probably didn't have the Bulls being this competitive with the Bucks, just because, again, you know, they didn't do very well in the regular season with higher seeded teams. And a lot of people don't think that if you have a good three point team, then you're not going to make it very far. And some of that's true. But in most cases, you know, you get a player like DeMar DeRozan that kind of thrives in the playoffs. And, you know, when you just need to get a bucket, he's your guy. Yes, did he have a bad shooting game in, in game one? Yeah, but game two, he came back. And he said it after game one, too. He's, he's not shooting six for 25 again. And he's absolutely right. He didn't. So, but uh, I think, I think though, the Bull, the Bucks defending champs, they're not, they're not going to go that easily down no matter what the Bulls throw out at them. Again, I would probably have more confidence in the Bulls if Lonzo Ball was healthy and there with the team. But that's just not the case. So anyways, guys, that's uh, kind of closing it. I don't have any more notes for NBA playoff talk, but no worries, though. In part two of this episode that Andrew's doing, he will actually be talking about the other half or the other playoff games that are going on right now in the NBA. So that'll be a ton of fun. So you guys want to stay tuned for that. But until the meantime, you guys, I'm going to take a quick break. But again, guys, don't forget to follow us on social, uh, social media. You guys can go to Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We're now on TikTok. Uh, that's, we're not dancing on TikTok, so don't worry. But we are also on TikTok. Uh, you can follow us on our YouTube channel. You guys can subscribe and download our podcast. Don't forget to do so. So with that being said, guys, we're going to take a quick break, and I will be right back. All right, guys. Welcome back. So... Uh, again, don't forget to subscribe, download, follow us on social media, all that good stuff as I'm going to keep repeating until it's done. So please do so. <laughs> but anyways, guys, um, so I guess now we got to move on to the NBA. And just when you think the offseason can't get any crazier, you know, we've already had Aaron Rodgers highest paying contract in in NFL history. Uh, Deshaun Watson being traded to the Browns, getting the highest paid contract in NFL history. Um, Tyreek Hill being traded from the Chiefs to the Dolphins. The Raiders trading for Devontae Adams, which is huge. Christian Kirk being overpaid, <laughs> which kind of started this whole uh, quarterback, or excuse me, wide receiver market, where now, uh, you know, Stefan Diggs, rightfully so, has been paid. And then you got players like A.J. Brown looking for a new contract, uh, Terry McLoyne looking for a new contract, and most recently, Debo Samuels uh, looking for a new contract as well. And uh, I believe it was, gosh, I think it was today. We got news from 
Jeff Darlington, who basically reported that Samuels directly told him that he has requested a trade from the Niners and he didn't want to give any more additional information as to why uh, and didn't want to go any further than that. And so it looks like he's going to get his wish. Don't know where he's going, though. I'm sure news will break very shortly. Um, we have the draft just around the corner, though. So this is very interesting timing. Um, 49ers, though, this has to hurt a little bit. Um, you know, your number one your number one receiver, the guy who was injured last season, came on slow in his rookie, rookie season in 2019. Uh, 2020, because of COVID, he was injured. And then last season, um, you know, he was used a lot. Um, you know, his stats for 2021 were he had 77 receptions, 1,400 yards, six touchdowns. Oh, and he also did a little bit of running back. Uh, 59 carries for 365 for eight touchdowns. Um, and he had a 14 total touchdowns all of last season. And 49ers definitely leaned on him heavily towards the end, especially in playoffs. Uh, he's the one that defeated the Green Bay Packers, not the Green, not uh, not Jimmy G. Um, which is ironic because we would have all thought that Jimmy G would have gone before Debo Samuels. But something happened between Debo Samuels and the Niners to where he said, no, I, I'm not doing this. Uh, Colin Cowherd made a great point um, yesterday when the news broke and he was talking about it um, that, you know, Debo Samuels probably doesn't want to continue the offense that Shanahan has done for him, which is leaning into uh, Debo Samuels' physicality. And, you know, if you're going to be treated as a running back, you know, and uh, credit Cowherd for pointing this out, but also to just in the NFL in general, running backs don't normally have a long shelf life. Receivers kind of do if they stay relatively healthy, but if they're frequently injured, kind of similar to Debo Samuels, they're not going to last very long either. Um, and with Debo Samuels playing physical and basically being, you know, also a hybrid running back and receiver, his time in the NFL is definitely going to be shortened. So, you know, he made it clear he doesn't want to be a hybrid player any longer and 49ers were probably trying to throw everything they could to pay him and he just didn't want to do it because of longevity of career or maybe some other factors who knows but you know now kind of obviously everyone wants to know okay where is he gonna go um i do have three teams i think he'll end up now none of them are in the nfc and uh you know Calherd pointed this out and I'm sure Drew's probably super happy that I'm referencing Calherd for the third time because <laughs> that's his favorite. That's his favorite guy. Anyways, but Calherd made a reference that he's probably not going to anybody in the NFC. So rule out Carolina. You could probably rule out definitely the Packers. He's not he's not going to the Packers. And plus, Packers don't have any money to pay him. They gave it all to Aaron Rodgers. That's why they can't they can't get anybody more than Sammy Watkins. So he's he's definitely not going to the Packers. He's not going to Seattle. He's not going to the Rams. Rams, who knows? They probably have a Swiss Swiss banking account, but they they aren't gonna they aren't going for him. Um, so it's safe to say Debo Sam is probably not going to anywhere in the NFC. Obviously, that means the AFC is probably the only option, which fits because the AFC has become super powerful in terms of quarterbacks and now wide receivers. 
you know, obviously the big one of the bigger splashes was Tyreek Hill being traded to the Dolphins. So he's now paired with uh, with um, Tua and Jalen Waddle, uh, and that offense down there in Miami. And then you know, obviously Devontae Adams going to the Raiders, being paired with Hunter Winfro, uh, Darren Waller, Derek Carr. Um, so now with as many weapons that are in the AFC now, what teams in the AFC, I guess is the next question are the ones that probably will trade for D- for Debo Samuels. So my top three teams that I think will trade for Debo Samuels are, um, team number one, in my opinion, uh, that could probably trade for him is the New England Patriots. New England Patriots always have draft picks. They always have enough capital. Right now, they have a rookie quarterback deal on the book, so they don't—they're not paying a whole lot of money to him right now. So they probably have the cap space to pay Debo what he needs, and they need a legit number one uh, wide receiver to go with Mac Jones. Uh, you know, Mac Jones does also, or uh, the Patriots did sign or trade for—pardon me, not signed—traded for uh, Devontae Parker, who was with the Dolphins, and. You know, Parker has now recently said some raving things about Mac Jones to, for his endorsement. So pairing Samuels with Parker for Mac Jones would definitely make Patriots a little bit more competitive. Does it make them the best team in their division? Probably not. Does it make them the best team in the AFC? Definitely not. There's teams far more talented still, but definitely would be a destination that Samuels could definitely end up. And Obviously, there's a respect level and a relationship between the Patriots and the 49ers, hence why Jimmy Garoppolo is on the 49ers and not with the Patriots any longer. Um, number two would be, obviously, the New York Jets. They they are a bad team that just has a lot of money. They have a lot of draft capital. Uh, you know, They definitely need some weapons uh, for their um, quarterback or their, their former rookie quarterback now going into his second year. Um, they currently have Elijah Moore as one of their wide receivers, but you know, in order for them to be, in order to give their to give their their QB some more opportunities, definitely going to have to get someone like a Debo Samuel's. But is Debo Samuel's going to want to go to the New York Jets to a team that's probably a bottom feeder? Will they be able to pay him the money? Probably, if that's what he wants. But he'll be in New York. He'll be in a New York market on the East Coast. But will is is his big plan to just be somewhere to get a lot of money or is he wanting wanting to win he's he's going to be in a big market he'll be the most popular player on the worst team in the league well second worst team jags probably win that one but the third one which is the one i hope doesn't happen but it probably will the most is the kansas city chiefs now as i say that i freak myself out a little bit. I'm now getting a little worried. Not because I don't think the Raiders could compete, but the AFC West as standing right now is already loaded. Arguably the worst offense on paper, not not currently, just on paper is probably the Chiefs because again they traded Tyreek Hill. However, they've got five draft picks out of it from Miami, not including what they already have. They obviously got Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill's contract off the books, and Patrick Mahomes' contract is team friendly. Um, I think with a little bit more shuffling around, maybe cutting a player to this to add a couple of more millions 
and they could potentially add Debo Samuels and he would flourish in a Andy Reid type offense. It would be extremely scary to have him and Patrick Mahomes on the same team, but Debo Samuels paired next to Juju Smith-Schuster um, would be a scary thing. It would put the Chiefs offense right back, potentially number one, just because Patrick Mahomes, Debo Samuels, and all that that Chiefs offense can do. And we haven't even talked about Travis Travis, Kel- uh, Travis Kelsey. Excuse me. So, Patriots, Jets, Chiefs. In my opinion, I think the Chiefs is probably the team that Debo goes to because I think the 49ers are more interested in what draft picks the Chiefs could offer for Debo Samuels. I'm imagining it's a first-round pick, maybe a later-round pick in this year's draft, and probably maybe a second pick in the following draft. It may take three picks, early-day picks, probably a first, a second, and a third in various drafts. But I think the Chiefs would be the team most likely to do it. I would hate for that to happen, but it very easily could be the case. And man, would that be, would that be scary for the AFC or what, man? I mean, there's already crazy amount of talented teams that are already in the AFC, especially in the AFC West, which whenever this, I think the schedule comes out May 12th, if not mistaken, uh, I believe that is when it is supposed to be coming out for the NFL. And don't forget, we do an annual schedule breakdown of win-loss records and who we think are getting into the playoffs. So Drew and I will definitely have that out for you guys. And again, we do it by division. When we get to the AFC West, I don't know, man. Like It's, it's going to be crazy to, to anticipate wins, losses, playoff positions, and all that good stuff. So super exciting. Again, the most crazy NFL offseason ever. Trades left and right, weird signings, players demanding tons of money. Haven't even talked about Kyler Murray, which actually Drew will talk on the part two episode, so you guys definitely want to stay tuned for that. And again, Drew will be talking about the other games, other series in the uh, NBA playoff series that are currently happening that I didn't talk about. He'll be talking about in part two and he'll also be getting to talk about a little bit of FS uh, or formula one racing, which is what he's in love with. He, again, he pulled me today trying to get me to watch it. I probably will watch it. I should do it before Netflix folds. Cause you know, Netflix has gone through a, uh, a, a huge drop in subscriptions and, uh, yeah, before uh, before Netflix goes out of business, I should probably watch it. But I'm also waiting for the latest Ozark series to come out, or the late the last season to come out. And of course, Cobra Kai cannot not watch those, and Umbrella Academy cannot not watch those. So Netflix hopefully fixes this so that way I don't lose all those shows. But again, that's what's coming in part two of this episode is Drew's takes and also uh, Formula One racing. So super exciting stuff so anyways guys i just want to thank you guys so much for joining me on this episode uh i appreciate you guys hanging in there with me again this is part one part two will be coming out soon uh talking nba playoffs formula one racing and i think there's also some baseball inner working in there from what drew has mentioned so if you guys have not listened to any other episodes you guys can download us on apple Podcasts, spotify our heart google Podcasts. uh you guys can 
Click on any of those, download the podcast, listen to it whenever, and also uh, current episodes and uh, past episodes as well. Uh, also, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Definitely want to uh, put on your post notifications, that way you find out whenever we are dropping a new episode, uh, or a new video, pardon me. Uh, we're trying to do regular link videos and then also the YouTube shorts, which have been pretty entertaining. So definitely check those out, you guys, again, on our YouTube channel. Uh, follow us on social media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and, of course, we are now on TikTok, which is super exciting. We're not dancing yet. If we have to for followers, we might, but stay tuned for that. You'll never know until you follow us. So go and follow us on TikTok. See what we're up to. Also, don't forget to check out the link in our bio or in our link tree, which is to fnxfit.com. Use Drew, Mo- Drew code 15 to get 15% off your purchase at the end uh, when you guys are shopping there. They're great workout gear, great workout supplements. Drew will testify to that. I will testify to the gear for sure. So again, use promo code Drew code 15 to get 15% off. The link is in our link tree and is in the description of this show in our bio. It's pretty it's pretty easy to find. So just find it and you will see it. So with that being said, guys, I want to thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in. And I cannot wait to hear Drew's episode. Drop a comment down below. You guys let me know what you guys think of the NBA playoffs and where you think Debo Samuels will go. And with that being said, you guys, I will catch you guys next week. And I'll see ya. Believe me, when they try to change, you can say no, free me.